You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, this is Ruv English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company today. We're looking ahead to a festival taking place, a film festival that takes place and will take place in one of the most remote parts of Iceland, a very difficult part of Iceland to access and that the wisdom or otherwise and the idea behind putting on a film festival in a place that is difficult to get to. I'm joined today by Bjarne Ludvigsdottir, who's a director and producer who's worked in the film industry for many years and is one of those behind the Hornstrandnir Film Festival, which starts in the middle of July, the middle of next month. Uh, next month. Bjarne, thanks very much for your time today. Shall we just start for anyone who's not familiar with the location? Hornstrandir is a location where not so many Icelanders uh, know about. Maybe people that are used to hiking and know the country very well, they know where Hornstrandir is. But it's a location where you cannot drive to. You you can you could walk, but then you would have to cross a glacier. <laughs> you need to go by boat. You need to go by boat. But if you go by boat, the weather needs to be okay. Um, most of the time, people go there to hike uh, over the summer times mm. because the weather is uh, unpredictable. Uh, uh, this area, whole area, Hartstrandir, uh, is a nature reserve today and uh, was in 1975, became a nature reserve. The people that lived there once upon a time, um, uh, farmers that went down the cliffs to pick up the egg mm. and they sold the egg and it was uh, one of their industries. This is a part of Iceland, which, as we say, is very remote. It's in the far northwest of the country. It's the upper half, essentially, of the West Fjords and very difficult to access. The Hornstrandir Film Festival leans into very much, doesn't it, the importance of the environment, the, the beauty of the environment in that part of the world, but the importance of protecting it. Yes, and that was the whole idea. And the idea was born on a hike between Hortstrandir and Hlöðuvík, which are two uh, uh, like creeks uh, way north up in Hortstrandir. Uh, the idea was born in 2022, so a year ago. I'd been hiking with a group of women and one of our missions while staying in Hartstrandir was to take a day uh, to clean the shores of all the plastic pollution that had drifted to the shores over the years. And I was shocked uh, like for us to discover that 90% of the plastic we were picking up came from the fishing industry. I was going to say, so, where did it come from? Because yeah. such a remote location, you've only really got Greenland to the northwest, and I suppose you've got Svalbard to the northeast, and they're both a long way away. So it was the fishing industry that was generating the plastic pollution that had made its way to Hornstrandir. Yes, and a lot of it. And it really hurt the eye because we were there in a protected area, supposed to be... Uh, you know, one of the one of the cleanest, purest. Mm. But uh, on our way, we were uh, tiptoeing on on the beach on plastic pollutions. So after our trip, we made a video message challenging the Icelandic fisheries industry 
to give out like a public plan on, on ways to stop plastic going into the ocean. So, so it's, it, it became a mission for us to do something. I mean, mm. we were enjoying this beautiful nature, but still we saw the pollution coming our way. So what can we do as a group? Uh, these were ladies that were coming from uh, very diverse um, backgrounds, but uh, together we, we used our powers, our networks to reach out and we made this video message. And it's after our attempt to challenge the Icelandic fisheries uh, that we, that I thought, how can we like advocate, uh, become sustainable? That's how, um, and how can I use my connection, my passion, my power for greater good? And that's how Hortstrander Film Festival became uh, alive. And we started to work on that. And me being a, a filmmaker, so, this is an idea that uh, slowly has been, uh, yeah, in the pipelines. And now uh, we are going mm. for it on the 16th of July. I do want to talk about the venues and the fact that by definition, these are in very difficult places to locate. And for the, the vast majority of people on the world it, who will not be able to make it to those locations, there is a streaming option that we'll talk about that will come your way in September. But tell me about the films. Tell me about the festival and the choices that you've made and the, and the films that you've made. Yes, this year will be like a maiden voyage. We are pa paving the ways. We are, we, we are testing how this can work. So together with a group of women that I trust and have been hiking before, we are going together on this journey with the film festival Hortstrander uh, tech gear on our back. So this needs to work. And uh, we only are running this festival by batteries. And we are making sure that our footprints, our, our carbon footprints are, are as low as possible. So there are many things that we are taking in consideration while doing this. So uh, our plan is to uh, journey between four locations in Hortstrandir. Uh, these four locations is uh, Adalvik, uh, Hesteire, Hortvik, and Hlodvik. In each location, we already found uh, a shelter, if you can say, to host uh, the venue that we have already uh, selected for this year. This year, we are working with film filmmakers that are, are friends of ours and are supporting our mission. Um, the films have like a theme. We are uh, we are showing uh, documentaries that are advocating for climate, uh, for the environment, for the prote protection of the wildlife. So that will always be the red line uh, throughout Hortstrander Film Festival. Uh, that is the films uh, that we are um, for next year, 2024. We will be looking for. But then again, this festival is also, again, very re remote, uh, very hard to reach. And we will only be showcasing very few documentaries. So one documentary on each location. And that is also because we only have like uh, two hours of batteries. Okay. So there are many things <laughs> that we need to take into consideration. Quite. And also, we and, are. And so, does that, that yes. sorry, does that battery, does that have to power the projector and the, yes. the, everything that you do? 
Okay. Yes, it, it. We need to think about that, and also we need to think about at what time we are showcasing our films. Uh, we are in a protected area, and mm. uh, we need to make sure that we follow all the rules, and uh, we are not um, running any music or 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 something that can. Uh, distract like other hikers that are not there to to have music or any you know Mm. that just want to be there their mindfulness and every location can take a maximum of 30 guests anyone who goes here will need to be an experienced hiker they'll need to make their own way to the film festival location so it's going to be self-selecting in a way isn't it because no one's going to stumble across this unless they make the effort to turn up to these locations um which you've yes. outlined now we said that if if like most people on the planet you aren't able to get to these venues they can be streamed the films can be streamed between the 8th and 12th of september if you sign up on the guest list at hornstrandier film festival all one word dot com which of the films are you looking forward to screening and, and seeing what sort of reaction you get so all of them are very special and uh, again these are friends that are supporting our first uh, journey doing this uh, these are nature bloggers like chris bookert uh, i mean he is well known in iceland for his uh, wonderful work and he's been promoting Iceland like no one else uh, uh, two of his films will be showcased in, in Hortvik under the Arctic sky and another one uh, short film uh, sh- short documentary called Unur uh, we're looking forward for that and uh, Donald Boyd and Frank uh, Newhouse are uh, also uh showcasing their film uh, it's uh, their film documentary is called in a state of change a documentary about um, uh, glaciers uh, which are dissolving slowly because of climate change uh, both of these filmmakers all of all of those filmmakers and people that have been producing these films will be there mm. so they're taking time they will take the boat and they will take the hike and they will be there. So it's a special, very special day for us uh, in Hortvik uh, when they will arrive and to see their documentary showcased in this uh, magnificent area. Also, we have two ladies, lady filmmakers, Maisa Alhuti, an Omani filmmaker, who is one of the first uh, filmmakers to do a... Uh, a wildlife documentary about wildlife in Oman. Pretty diverse uh, from, mm. from Hortstrander to Oman, but yes. I think it's interesting. And, uh, and another uh, filmmaker, Rebecca Papelli, who produced uh, an interesting documentary called Slay. She goes behind the fashion industry mm. and takes a look at... Uh, um, how our clothes are made uh, when animal skin is used. Okay. Yeah. Because fast fashion has been something that has exercised environmentalists uh, recently, but this focuses on the the damage that's done, I guess, to animals um, yes. in the pursuit of fashion. There is a real diversity there, isn't there? Just looking at the 
countries of origin, I guess, of the the filmmakers you mentioned, of course, uh, Maiza from from Oman, but um, some of the other um, filmmakers here coming from the Netherlands and, and the USA, all making their way to this very remote part of Iceland in July. It sounds like it's going to be a wonderful experience for those who can make it there. Is it necessary to reserve a place if you want to come to the festival? No, it's not necessary, but it would be good to have an, yeah, if you could send us an email just to let us know that you're thinking about coming. So at least we know that you will maybe be there. If you, if, if we know that you're coming, that, that would be good. So, yes. And, and you'll, you'll, then you, you'll get an idea as well. If, if a hundred people are trying to turn up, you'll be able to say, well, actually, we don't think we're going to accommodate <laughs> all of those, those people in one of these venues. And that is not possible. No, no. Um, you've got the old schoolhouse in Adelvik and Hesteri, uh, the adventure base camp in Honvik and in, in Kludavik. Uh, what, is the, what is the venue there? I'm looking at the photos of these ice, these beautiful but isolated buildings. What's the venue in, in Kludavik? Yeah, Kludavik is very, very close to my heart. And uh, it's the place on the planet that I love the most. Um, this is where my grandmother was born, and this okay. is why I've totally fell in love with this place. Uh, I didn't discover this place until I grew older and wiser and started to really know, uh, feel that how important nature is and how nature could heal me as a person. So in this area, um, over the years, uh, uh, family members, uh, members of my family, have preserved uh, two houses which are there uh, on the remains where my grandmother was born. Um, because of the remote location, uh, there are very few houses there, but these houses have have been built. So for but hikers, if, if there's terrible winds or terrible weathers, you, you, you can get... Uh, you can shelter you can get, them. It's a shelter, yeah. Do people still live in this very remote part of Iceland? In 1952, all of the people were gone from this area, totally uninhabited. Uh, the only mammal uh, left there was the Arctic fox. Mm. And he's the king there. And he's allowed to, you know... He he is the king of the nature. Well, we're going to but... be visiting the Arctic Fox Center, which is in Sudavik, I think, isn't it? And uh, that'll be a future a future show here on Roof English, finding out all about the Arctic Fox. I've only ever seen one once, and I was driving at the time, and this little creature darted at tremendous speed in front of me from one side of the road to the other, and we we just managed to catch a glimpse of it. So, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of them and finding out more about the Arctic Fox and. You know, it does, as you say, dominate this part of Iceland. It, it has it to itself, doesn't it? And it's pretty special. But uh, every year, more and more people know about Hortstrandir. Still, mm. you don't mm. want too many people too many. coming there. So it's a, it's a difficult mix of wanting people to know about the place, but not wanting too many people to go there at once. So, so it's a balance that we need to keep. And... In the middle of July, the weather ought to be reasonable. It's going to be very bright, of course, still very long days, very short nights. 
difficult to imagine something like this happening in winter in Holmstrandia. Yes, but I've been there once at winter time. It took us like four months to 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 get there because we were waiting for the window uh, to, to be able to sail there. So it, it, yeah, it took a, almost a year to just get there at winter time. So you can imagine the people that were living there over, over you know, their lives. They yes. were they were just there. It would be incredible to think about that and without the benefit of a road connection living in such conditions throughout the course of the winter now have a wonderful time Bjarnia. it sounds like you're going to have a wonderful time and you've already got plans for next year as well as you said the website if you want to find out more and, and maybe sign up to see these stream see these films as they stream in september is as i say honstrandir film festival that's all one word honstrandir film festival Dot com. You can find out more about the venues. You can find out more about those who are behind the festival, including Bjarni and, and various others who have brought this amazing idea together. I mean, it, it, did you ever think, was there ever a point where any of you thought this is this is too much to pull off? This is too out there as an idea, creating a film festival in a place that is almost deliberately difficult to get to. Did it ever seem like an impossible idea? No. If you go into this... Um mindset of having it as simple as possible mm. then you just need to have it so simple that no it, it in the end of the day every strings are combined we are going for it and i if if the weather is going to turn on us uh, then we know that we just have to take another day to showcase the films we we have planned everything well, it looks like an amazing experience. And unfortunately, we, we did talk when we were organizing a conversation about the possibility of me being able to come to one of the venues. Timings don't permit that, I'm afraid. But I, I wish you the very best. <laughs> and you. I look forward to, as I think many will, seeing the films from the 8th until the 12th of September. Sign up for that on the website. And if you want to find out more about getting to the venue details there as well or the venues i should say there are four of them um thank you very much for joining me today a busy few weeks ahead as you uh, perform the final preparations i think bjarni ludwig's daughter freelance director and producer who's worked in the film industry for many years one of those behind the film festival in honstrandia bjarni thanks very much thank you so much thank you good luck this is ruv english i'm darren adam and you can get in touch anytime we are english at ruv.is you are listening to the Roof English Podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.